0: I'm putting a team together. People with special abilities.
1: I'm in. You, you are? I, I, I need friends. I'm hungry. Is it brunch time? What's the deal with brunch anyways? I mean... No, no, no. We're, we're, not, we're not doing that in this one. Uh, okay. So, how many people are in this special fight team? Three. Including you. Three? Against what? I
0: believe that a movie is coming to HBO Max. Maybe the nerdiest movie ever made.
1: It's not coming, Dot. It is already here. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed and dissected. This movie's probably been talked about by hundreds of thousands of other nerds on other podcasts, right? We have to assume they've covered it all. I don't care how many nerds have discussed it and how many basements. It's never been discussed by us. Not us united. Boom! Alright, welcome to the Viewer's Cut, everyone, and this is a very special episode. Yes, we are going to be talking about Justice League, Jaws Sweden's, and the Snyder Cut, but it's especially special because we have four of us at the table right now. Uh, There is someone who's never been on the podcast, and we've been wanting to get him on for a long time. Uh, It's our Aquaman, Tanner Bennett.
2: Hey, everybody. I'm Aquaman.
1: And uh, also joining us, as always, we have Andrew Dodd and Mauricio Bennett.
0: The first time I've ever recorded one of these with
3: in person with other people. It's very exciting.
1: Keeping it safe.
0: Keeping it safe.
3: This is great. It's going to be a four-hour-long special <laughs> episode, so please sit down, find your cushion for your chairs, because it's going to be long. What could have brought us all together?
1: What oh, boy. What could there have been? Uh, It is sad. Uh, there is someone who's not here with us right now. Uh, it is Adam Galloway, uh, one of our voices of the Viewers Cut. He couldn't make it all the way to Toronto, but... Uh, you know, that's just how it goes. So he got
0: stabbed in the chest by a giant CGI nuclear ogre.
1: Again? <laughs> and, and the Galloway call when he died. The, the call just, right. you know... Echoed and... Echoed
3: and started nerd. a bunch of
1: nerdy things. And we're going to have to discuss all of them.
3: Yeah. Lo- long story short, we uh, it's been less than 12 or 24 hours since we watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League. A uh, special event that every nerd in the world was waiting for, I think... Uh, especially after the well-known uh, fiasco of Justice League which I actually watched for the first time um, uh, what was it, like five, five a few uh, days ago. for five yeah a few days ago um boy oh boy what experience that was a trip
1: yeah I guess that's a good starting point uh I guess we can talk about the Sweden
3: cut the
1: Swedens
3: <laughs> <Switzerland? laughs> yeah, IKEA
1: cut <laughs> the whole cut over in Sweden the IkeA cut <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the got
3: Swedish meatballs. And- <laughs> <laughs> the Jaws Sweden. Very cheap furniture. Phenomenal. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So back in 2017, uh, they released the, the original Justice League. Uh, was everyone a fan of that? That cut? Did who, who saw it in theaters? Anybody? I know Tanner. And we saw it together. We saw it together. Yeah, yeah. This Cute. Is, uh, another special occasion for that. <laughs> <laughs> and that opening scene, I just remember howling with you uh, as soon as we saw Superman uh, with the cell phone footage and seeing his mustache being removed. It was so bizarre, but
2: just, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like after all the like, you know, you, we heard about all this hype about it before about the mustache, and then we just I just couldn't believe when they just kicked it off with
1: how did they start a the nine movie by out sixteen
2: mustache <laughs> clip?
3: Just to just to clear it out, um, Henry Cavill was already signed for Mission Impossible, which, as we know, way superior movie that Justice League, and I think he kind of felt it. The production from the production team from. Uh, Mission Impossible was basically like, if I'm not wrong, I think Andrew said it, you it would cost three million dollars to shave that mustache that was gonna be in the movie.
0: Or who was it? Someone Paramount said we'll do it, but we're gonna charge you Warner Brothers an extra three million. I don't know why. Which I don't is know how nothing. long it takes to grow a mustache.
3: And honestly, three million
0: dollars. It's in- a good thing he had a mustache. In Mission Impossible, it looks amazing. Ghost Nation oh, he, or whatever the hell that one was he called. He kicked ass what in that movie. <laughs> ghost really Protocol. Good. He wouldn't have if he had he not had a mustache.
1: It's so it's yeah. pretty. Important. You can't fake a mustache. You know, you can you can, you can fake not one. having one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: kind of. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have fake mustaches. No, 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 no. Like, people might have worn.
3: i got to tell you guys about some stores that can you can purchase a mustache there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a big thing. I think that was one of the things I I uh, heard about the most before the release of the original justice league. And it was the fact that he couldn't uh, shave his mustache as we know, Superman, no mustache. Thank you. And of course he was on the screen and they have to digitalize CGI, cut out that mustache. And the result was just like a grotesque, Unrecognizable Henry Cavill that looks like he lost half of his mouth in a car crash and someone tried to rebuild it.
0: And can I say something? Something I think I just thought of last night while watching this is that I'll give the animators some credit. I know absolutely because I think Henry Cavill and people can't see me, but he makes a weird face a lot. He like scrunches up his upper lip when he's (laughs) like intense. So I think the animators were like, "Oh shit!" Like that just made it all the harder. And that that's what I think was weird for them to try and emulate that
3: that the De Niro face. Yeah, he if, does he, that. if you, like,
0: scrunch your nose up and tuck in your top lip kind of, like, into your teeth, I think he makes that face. And, and so. also, uh, I'm just saying, it's not entirely their fault. Henry no. Cavill makes a weird face. But. I
3: honestly feel, one, he makes a weird face. Uh, sometimes it doesn't match with the beautiful body he carries. <laughs> um, but also... It's kind of a rubber face. In no, rubber it's got face. that rubber face thing yeah. going on. Yeah, beautiful rubber face. Good old rubber face. Um, I think also, yes, at the the animators, whoever did the whole CGI honestly, kudos to them because they were working also with something that it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be their problem. (laughs) It's not their issue to deal with. Excuse me. We're doing a 80% CGI movie. And now you're asking me, I have to take a mustache out of Superman's face who's talking, smiling, fighting and they added this big teeth and stuff. Honestly, I don't think it's, I'm not going to put all the fault on their shoulders. I think it was also a production team of trying to pull some strings to make that happen. But it is what it the is. The movie like. is a disaster.
0: We, we could talk the whole podcast about the history yeah, of that the movie monsters. and what it was planned to be and then what it sort of was and then what it became and then what the alt like. It's a multi layered and staged. A thing, curse production. I'm sure with a lot of people at Warner Brothers. Shitting a brick, trying to figure out how the hell they're gonna manage this a thing. big brick, big like like big, a barreling wall a kind big of brick, mustache brick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but credit for the mustache because that's probably what made this movie so infamous. Like that's right. why Tanner and I were just One talking of the about reasons. this. One of the reasons why we're always gonna come back to it. It's actually hilarious to see it. Uh, it's so cringeworthy. It's it's it makes it uh, a cult classic because of the mustache.
2: <laughs> Has anybody ever seen footage of like? Uh, Superman without the CG, like like some no. behind the scenes. Did I they put love... a little uh, trackers on his mustache? I heard they put stuff in his mustache. Yeah, I, I would have loved too. to just see him on oh, Like the Joker
3: of... from uh, the Batman TV show. Oh, yeah. just, he wouldn't shave his mustache because he was working on something else oh, and they yeah. just put makeup on it. DC's
0: had a long history of <laughs> covering up mustaches. <laughs> We're taking <laughs> it characters. back. It
3: was, if you want to see that painted white mustache, you can go to Batman, the movie with Adam West you're going to see a funny Joker. Yeah, Very funny Joker. It's not hidden. No, it's, it's not, not. They didn't see... There was no
0: CGI, so they're just going to put... But that's in makeup. high def. In 1966, on
1: people's tiny you little tube yeah, TV, probably it probably
0: wouldn't... Okay. It, it I,
1: looks weird. <laughs> I think they should have, like wrote in the mustache, been like, that's uh, Superman's disguise. Like, you know, it would separate him from disguise. Clark Kent.
0: I think the big S <laughs> on his chest gives it away.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, but the original Superman's dead, but this isn't the original Superman. This is Superman with a mustache. And obviously,
3: as we, we know, when you die, your hair still grows. Yeah. So I guess a mustache so pop up.
0: I was going to mention this too, in that we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but in the Zack Snyder's Justice League, he has a black Superman suit. And that's a reference to the famous Superman, Death of Superman comic arc from the early 90s. Doomsday kills Superman, and then when he comes back to life, he's in a different suit. It's a black and silver suit, no cape, and his hair is changed. He's got like a mullet. So I think there's a precedent set for resurrected Superman looks a bit different. So they could have worked it in so that resurrected Superman has a beard. And maybe like longer hair, and that's part of his new look. I think it, that could it would have been better than what they did instead. Oh God, it explains
3: yeah. some stuff, and I actually just want to highlight. Thank God, Andrew, you're here because uh, I must say I'm not a full knowledgeable person on the comic world of DC. I know the basic, the thing I've seen in movies, some uh, things people tell me here and there, but I don't know details. Like there were characters in this movie that I was like that and uh, <laughs> thank god Andrew will be like oh this is blah 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 and it, it was a bunch of people actually so it was it was good to have someone with the knowledge especially because we're dealing with a universe that wasn't built up to the detail as Marvel that had the time for how many uh, 11 years just building up this thing until we see the actual final guy in DC they were rushing after having four different Batmans and trying to put (laughs) something together in the last second. So I don't have a big comic knowledge on DC. So many things in this movie, I guess, for actual fans or more... uh knowledgeable nerdy person
2: did they ever explain like uh where the black suit came from or he just he just it? sad like in this in this movie in this movie like was it one of his many wardrobes that was on in the ship yeah, that we never they saw they never discuss or just, why he, he picks
0: he, that one like he, he takes not it to a like a die shop he has a walking <laughs> closet i need this to represent yeah is he, is he
3: in mourning of his own death like why <laughs> does he does, i feel
0: like i feel like black this season i mean he has yeah. he
3: has a walking closet you know how yeah. hard it is to find that
0: I just want to go back to Justice League 2017 for a second.
3: So, uh, Ryan and Tanner, you
0: guys said you saw it in the theater. Yes. Was it, was it full? Was there anyone else in the theater? Was, were
1: other people laughing along with you guys? What we were the at movie? the back. Yeah. Uh, we were laughing probably. I think it was most. pretty like yeah. half
2: full. Um, yeah, I don't remember anybody being in proximity of, of us for me to be able to tell other people's reactions, but yeah.
1: Didn't feel like a big movie. No. This no did Avengers. not feel like
0: the Avengers, no.
1: No, it did not have that kind of
3: buzz. Oh, no, no. I didn't care about it because I watched Batman v Superman in theaters. And immediately after that, I uh, right. unplugged from DC. I was like, I don't, honestly, don't care.
2: Remember when Batman vs. Superman was coming out? And like on social media, it would be like, now's the time to invest in Warner Bros. stocks because this movie's going to sell huge because uh, Batman and Superman have yeah. never been on the screen together. And they're building their universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, like, what? Like, two years later, it's, like, the biggest
0: flop Down ever. with the ship. <laughs> yeah. With Tanner, what you described, that's, like, so typical, like, movie studio but. producers thinking. Like, it has Batman and it has Superman in Do it. Good heads. enough. Like, it's going to be the biggest movie of all time as if that's all it takes. Right, to have the two of them side by side on a poster, mm-hmm. that's what they're thinking about. And it's like, they haven't learned that it's still
3: like, it needs to still be a good movie. It's not enough to just stick the two of them in this movie together. Yeah, it's not only ABC that's done, there's a lot to actually make the movie make sense.
0: And I would hope Justice League 2017 was like the final like wake-up call for like, here, you've not only got those two, you've also now got Wonder Woman. And whoever the heck else, uh, uh, cyborg, whatever—they're all there. The Flash, they're all there. They're on the poster. It's the Justice League, and nobody goes to see it. So it's
3: like,
0: learn that you can't just put these people together and have it be good.
3: Also, you have—you're selling me a movie based on characters that I still don't know well. Oh my god! Like each again, I'm gonna go back. It's the only comparison we have at the moment. Like uh, Marvel, we're building each character with each movie. Some of them, three movies for each, and. So when we go to Avengers, I don't need to spend time explaining the background, the backstory of them. I'm already attached to them. I have a relationship with each of them. I know my favorite. I know the ones I don't like too much. Even if they have a catchphrase, a a line they repeat, I get it right away. Uh, This was just like, we have to build the story of Cyborg out of nowhere. Uh, Wonder Woman, we know her, but it's still not fully there. just one movie after. Aquaman... Nobody, even before the movies, liked Aquaman as a superhero. <laughs> it's They build this giant buff guy, but yeah, that's that's about it.
1: You mean that email in Batman v Superman that describes all of the Justice League, that didn't get you
3: emotionally attached to each character? I just want to talk with the designer they contact who was like, can we make an icon for each of you? Because each video has like did. an... He did, he did an icon thing yeah so he's Alex a designer Luther and
0: his assistant woman there wow so we're he like, had a designer too. like yeah like yeah. i don't i don't want to have to like read a subject line in the email to know which super person this is about so create a logo and put it on the thing i'll just see the a very yeah. apple. Like, that's aquaman very apple yeah. is
2: that in uh bbs the extended, extended?
1: Oh, yeah, really? it's so in the like, original. Yeah, no, no. Wait, in the original, what? but
2: you said you confirmed that Lex Luthor created it. Like, did they explain? Because that was a common thing. Like, when people saw BBS in theaters, just like they just made logos for them. But like, did like in the extended, like, did
3: they? It's talk? the same. It's the same. It's the same scene. I have no idea. Yeah. They actually it's explain it. Is it Bruce
0: putzing around in Lex Luthor's mansion? he Any- Oh, I can't remember.
3: Dude, I watched the movie once and was I think it. so.
0: I think Lex Luthor's the one who's been doing the research about super people. So we owe him Anyhow, everything that is happening. Thank you, Lex Luthor. You essentially
3: assembled the
0: Justice League.
3: I just want to say Wonder Woman, not only best character DC has put up together in films, but I think personally she saved uh, Justice League just by being there. I think every time she was a screen, it was yeah. the most exciting, the best fight scenes are with her. I think the only storyline that kind of I care about it's uh, her. Like they actually put more attention to the Amazon's having the box that uh, people from Atlantis or even humans. Obviously, was the most important because it was the last one. But I think uh, she carried this movie. Um, she's the one that brings the team to her, keep peace of mind on Cyborg, uh, takes care of Flash almost like a you know like a little brother, just like pen in the back, stay stay still. Um, Batman is just a douche. And she has to deal with him because if we compare Superman, Superman, sorry, Batman on the first Justice League with the second, with the Snyder cut, Batman went from a very bad person, very awful person that was using everyone now to more like a captain, strategic guy. So definitely they had to clean up a little bit Batman because it was very messy. Yeah. I hated Batman in the first version. I remember Batman, I remember I
2: rented a, a Justice League DVD way back when, and uh, it had the Green Lantern in, I don't remember. Like an board. animated movie? Yeah, an animated yeah. one. And Batman was always the kind of guy that was like, I work alone, and stuff like that, and he had that kind of attitude, and it's kind of surprising the fact that they made him the guy that winds up, well, I don't know, maybe that's that movie that I watched was inaccurate to the majority of Justice League, who, I don't know. But yeah, that's that was, there was multiple parts in it, and he was always like that, he was always kind of like... Yeah, I know I'm in the team, but I do things on my own. My he was own, like, like what
0: Aquaman is almost, kinda. Undisputed. Yeah, yeah.
2: So it's kind of weird. Like even in the Joss, Wheaton or this one, he's the guy assembling the team. So is he yeah, assembling I
0: mean, the team so we can just
2: like you know prove
0: it a point about himself? It doesn't work anymore because like the Justice League. I don't know the history of the comics really that well, but if if they like hit the like Silver Age of comics, which was like the 60s, 70s, <laughs> then Batman in those comics was not what he is today, right? He's like, come on, Robin.
3: Very Let's go to the Hall to, of Justice and yeah. hang
0: out with our friends like there was no real characterization there So that may have worked as it as a leader of the Justice League when he that's what Batman was But I agree yeah. today it doesn't really and he was stand to he reason.
3: was like that on Batman v Superman very obviously He was just so into himself, and I think what they did um, What I felt now with the Snyder Cut is that there was a lot of um, he was feeling guilty for what happened to Superman He was feeling like it was his responsibility now because he made a promise on his grave or something like that. And it was like, I need to do this. So it was more like, I think there's a moment even in the Snyder Cut that he tells uh, Alfred like this is the first time he's doing something based on his feelings, his emotions instead of rationality. And he's willing to go for it because it's the first time he's doing it. So he does have a transformation and I think it's triggered by the guilt of being the one there when Superman died. And he triggered it because if he didn't start fighting him, he would still be alive. So I think that's probably why he could have this change of mind. Um, but, yeah, I don't know.
1: That's how they justified it.
3: That's how they justify. Him. And Batman is a character that changed based on the director. Hmm. Uh, the Batman you have from, I mean, Adam West, that's the most Batman from... Come on, Robin. Let's go to the Justice League. Like, uh, like making uh, public appearances. Yeah, and, he's like, hanging the, out at, he's the, at surfing, the local surfing. clubs. Yeah, he's surf- surfing that in L.A. Um, Everyone just knows him, right, Groovy Batman. Yeah. Woo. That's yeah. the heapy Batman that we all know. Yeah. But then we also have the uh, you know the Tim Burton that we know. He's a director who likes more yeah. dark. <laughs> I don't see Michael Keaton's Batman hanging out. He was hang- in, the, in the Justice League. He was, was hanging. Uh, Heads down in his closet like an actual Batman. So it was very literal. Literal, And then we have uh, the, the Schumacher, which was, well, we know it. And <laughs> nipples. N- nipples. <laughs> and, and then we have, uh, obviously, the Christopher Nolan one, who was a little bit more uh, down to earth, I feel. It was someone that was a good balance. It was a rich guy who cared about people, but still very, trying to figure out himself. So every Batman changes. It's neither just did a very dark, angry Batman that even kills people, says bad words, yeah. and just doesn't care too much.
1: Well, it's a dark universe that he's trying to create. Yeah, I think he yeah, took a darker. lot of
2: it from um, uh, Frank Miller's Batman. You guys read those? Yeah. I've, I've seen the illustration, but I haven't read it. It's, I think- well, there's actually an animated series if you don't feel really like reading the book, so you can watch it. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, is that the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The Return. Dark Knight Returns, and then, um, yeah, it's, he based it mostly off of
0: Yeah, the the whole fight scene between Batman and Superman with Batman in the big armor, that was from The Dark
3: Knight Returns. And so the (laughs) whole attitude
2: with that Batman comes from there.
3: Do you bleed? (laughs) Oh, that's Snyder. That's Zack Snyder. Snyder. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but that's a big thing. Uh,
1: How about the Snyder Cut? General thoughts about that, and maybe we can talk about um, what differences uh, the movies had and if we like them or or not. The pacing of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about that. Uh, The Joss Whedon one, it gets to point A to point B really fast, and after seeing that, it makes the Snyder cut seem really drawn out. Yes. and I think we were all kind of struggling through the first three parts because we kind of knew where it was going, but it just took forever to get there.
3: I think they couldn't find a middle ground because the first one is too fast yeah. to the point that they cut important things, and the new one it's so slow that is that's too much. Yeah, so there wasn't. I needed a. Three hour, maybe two hour and a half movie, not four.
2: Yeah, in a normal world, they take the they take instead of doing like a, an hour and a half superhero epic like the first one, and then do a four hour extended. Like, what's wrong with the two and a half hour mark? Like, like what <laughs> they the threw Avengers the baby was. out with the bathwater. It was yeah. either
0: ninety minutes or four hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of a weird stretch between them.
1: Yeah, like I get. Like they had a lot of setting up to do of characters and like this is the first time we're introduced to a lot of them. So the first three, four parts was a lot of just setup. I really enjoyed the last two parts of this movie. I thought they the third act was really on point. I hated the third act in the original Justice League. Um just Superman comes and saves every situation. He just joking does around everything. Uh, but this one, they, it actually felt like every character had weight, and they pulled it. And so I was I was in for the pace of that last part. I think everyone woke up by that point, too. Uh, we had some snoozers Literally. in the room. Uh, some people fell asleep, but everyone was in it for at least the sixth part. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the last half.
0: It's been said so many times, so I won't dwell on it. And Mauricio touched on it before, too. I think the biggest problem is just the, the structure of this whole universe, right? So... Uh, this is the third movie in it, or fourth, I guess, at that point. Like, let's just say this, Zack Snyder's Justice League, came out in 2017. That would have been the f-
2: fourth? Technically, Suicide Squad, I think, came before <laughs> it, didn't it? I don't uh, think it was, did.
0: I think okay. it went Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, and then this. I think this came out right after Wonder still Woman Still too did. little. Anywho, point is, it's still too little. So... Because this movie has the job of balancing all the existing characters—Martha Kent, Lois Lane, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Wonder Woman, Alfred—the bad introduce the bad guys, okay, and introduce three members of this five-member team. Crucial uh,
1: members. More if you do the Snyder cut.
0: Oh, yeah. Martian Manhunter? Is that <laughs> yep, what you're talking yep, about?
1: Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, uh, So, like, Aquaman, at this point, Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg, we'd never met before. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I think it almost ends up not being a movie. And y- y- the first part of it is just, like, different scenes of stuff happening, but it never felt like it was w- all part of one story. It didn't, there was no like one single theme that ran through it. The things that happen all don't contribute to a main plot. It's like each one kind of has their own stuff just going on and it's going on simultaneously. So it didn't feel like a story to me. And I think that Zack Snyder in a a nutshell, I think he's really good at creating bubbles. Like he, he has a scene in his head that's really cool and visually it looks like this. And this thing will happen, and it'll be slow mo, and it'll be epic, and there'll be. Slow-mo. But he doesn't know how to craft a, a story. Mm-hmm. He just knows how to put shit together. I, I felt that way during Watchmen. Um, certainly, the like Batman v Superman, that plot is so convoluted and so un- nonsensical sometimes. And I, and I feel like that's what we got here. So it's almost like you can't judge it as a movie. You know, it's it's not really a movie. It's like a collection of. It's a collage. It's yeah. a collage of short stories put right. together. If you want to look at it that way, it was maybe. like, it, it, and then at the end, it does sort of become more like a movie. Like yeah. they are all aligned and focused towards one goal, and that's where we woke up. The rest was like this drawn out prologue. It was a two hour prologue yeah. for then the two hour movie.
3: Yeah, it was almost like you would call it a, like a, a pulp fiction, a collection of acts that are happening separate, but they c- crossed at one point. Uh, same it was like a Sin City. It felt like I was watching Sin City. Uh, yeah. Just a mess of characters and then suddenly they pop up and it's like, oh, you remember the guy from the, the tw- uh, 30 Minutes Ago? I'm just going to name it and that's it. So it was very messed up. It was too, like you say, too much but for a little bit.
0: Even in a Sin City or a Pulp Fiction, I feel like every scene within a little story, like Bruce Willis's story, like all of that moves towards what that like that story. Yeah. Bruce Willis's contained plot. Everything that happens moves towards contributes to that that story. There's not
3: a main villain and
0: even here, we have that whole scene of Flash, his introduction where he's like getting a job at the pet store (laughs) the hot dog. And the hot dog and the girl is in the car. What did that scene lead to? What did that mean for any of it? So apparently... Nothing. That led to nothing. He didn't even... Did he ever see that girl again? That's
3: his
1: future wife.
0: Does she ever come back?
3: I guess for the Flash movie, she will be back. (laughs) But who cares about it?
0: It was literally just an introduction to his character. It Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with the rest of the plot.
1: Right. And I think we were all lucky because we saw the 2017 version. And so we kind of knew where the movie was going. But uh, last night, uh, your wife Tanner, uh, she was watching it with us, and bless her soul for like getting through it. But she had no idea what was going on in the whole film. Didn't uh, I? Didn't know either. And I watched it 2017. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of content here. And do you think this film was just fan service, or like a movie for nerds, or the comic? Maybe book? for himself. Maybe for himself. Yeah. Like, can you recommend this to anyone who doesn't? I be... will have to ask a DC fan. Okay.
3: But yeah, I think in that question, you it would have to be a. DC comic fan or connoisseur to tell me was this what you wanted to see?
0: And and I think that's part of the problem that studios are having these days is like who's this for anymore? Because in the 90s or in the, the Supermans from the 70s and 80s I think they realized that their audience is way bigger than just comic book aficionados. That this has to be a, a
3: universal thing. Yeah, that's, it has
0: to be appealing to a mass audience. So they would have to like alter the source material and make it a lot simpler so that anyone could go in and understand what's going on. And I think those days are, are gone, because especially with the EU, Because I think Zack Snyder is just like a fanboy. It's like if you plucked a nerd out of some basement and gave him a huge... Multi-million dollar budget and said, "Go ahead and make a movie. This is the kind of thing we would get. It's made by nerds for nerds, and maybe that's what they're, they're just like. Okay, we we're, we used to try and make this for everybody, but we've, we've more and more and more just like carved out this niche target audience. And I think that was the dilemma they were having: is we don't want to release this into theaters and spend all this money on a big Zack Snyder movie because the only people who go to see it." are the nerds who will just go see it no matter what. Whereas HBO Max, the idea of something streaming, they don't spend as much money on it. Now they're just like, okay, we can just create something that we know only nerds are going to go ahead and watch. Like, I don't know. Have your parents ever seen Christopher Reeve's Superman? Maybe, maybe. Fair to say that maybe along the way they caught it, but they're never going to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or Man of Steel. Or Man of Steel. Right. It's just not, not part of the mainstream culture anymore.
3: Yeah, I think superhero movies were more approachable before because I think the premise was very simple. They were not trying to build a universe out of it. It was just like the guy with powers that we know for comics or, as, you know, like a pop culture. Uh, there's a bad guy. He goes, you see a cool fight, um, nice visual effects. It's a nice. Um, that's what you get. You get a nice, uh, fun moment in the theater. You're not going for a build up universe. You're not going for a character that you want to fully understand and create theories of your own. That's and guess who's going to be in it. Marlon Brando's going to be in it. Yeah.
0: Your, your parents know Marlon Brando. Gene Hackman's going to be in it. Your parents know who Gene Hackman is. Popeye Doyle from The French Connection. They're, now he's. So the, I think the idea was adults are taking their kids, and the kids can like it, and the adults can also kind of yeah, enjoy it as like well. Like Jack Nicholson in Batman for example, Jack, right. That's the formula for a big movie is can every, can a, a range of audiences see it. Mm-hmm. And, and these days it's meant for one very
3: specific yeah, audience. That even people like when there's actors who are not well known. like, who's this person? Like for example, Tom Holland, he just mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, but it stole everybody's heart. Yeah. Everybody hit the many people's favorite, uh, uh, Spider-Man it's my favorite Spider-Man. Um, on a live action Spider-Man movie I mean
0: you don't need the big name anymore no to hook people in cause... it's a likable
3: person but will Tom Holland make my parents go and see Spider-Man no freaking way no well to be honest even if Spider-Man was like I don't know whoever it was it, they wouldn't go to see Spider-Man but that's that's a huge factor Spider-Man is also now part of a universe for you every movie now ends with an extra scene that tells you what's coming on and it's it's like, uh, like that, it's Create theories and make you create possible storylines. And that's too much work for the regular audience, and it's valid. It's more for a nerd audience that wants to see these worlds grow, expand, and follow their comics, which for so many years were treated like, oh, you're a nerd, you're stupid, get out of your basement, you're never going to find a girl, you're never going to find a boyfriend because you're a nerd. And now it's like, oh, now you want my, my world. And i contain that information now that that information is mainstream and it's blockbuster the excitement is it's, it's insane and those nerds back in the day were are now parents and they're sending that to their kids as well mm. so it's it's a process of evolution but with justice league it just they didn't build up they didn't make you like the character and Iron Man was created from the the ground to be, you know, Robert Downey Jr. I never in my life thought about uh, Iron Man. Never cared about that superhero. I thought he was just uh, another Batman. A rich guy with, you know, a lot of cool things. And he became a symbol. He was the head of the posters. Mm -hmm. And Justice League was like, we all know Batman, but there's been so many Batman. Which Batman do I care about? I have no attachment Batman to Batman fatigue. Batman fatigue. I have no attachment to a specific Batman. I have attachment to some Jokers because the acting was amazing, but I don't care about Batman. And you have a movie of a bunch of superheroes nobody cares about. So even if you know the actor, do you know the superhero? I don't. Batman, Wonder Woman, sure. Aquaman. Well, I would argue that
0: the, the Justice League have more like mainstream yeah. recognizable characters than the
3: Avengers do. That's what I mean. Like with Most people Iron know who the Flash is. Exactly, but that's what I mean. The superhero runs fast, everyone goes, oh, that's the Flash, yeah. right? But that's the main thing with uh, what I was uh, saying, is that Iron Man was whoever, yeah. and it was built up through three movies. Plus, more Avengers They so took a no one and they They took them their time someone. and they built it. And we, DC did the opposite. And DC did the opposite. <laughs> it was like, it's Batman. Everybody know. knows them and they just dropped it there. And it's like, yeah, but because everybody knows them, I don't care. Because what else Yeah, his parents got killed, the pearls, the. We know So why do I care? And I think that was the problem. It's like they thought they had it. Mm-hmm. And when they finally went for it, nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And the presentation wasn't good enough either. So. But. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh. Guys, it's just, it's just so much, there's just so much here to talk about. We, we, we're all over the place. We could talk about anything. I don't think we can do this on our own. I think, I think we, need someone, we need someone here to help us keep this focused and, and, and organized.
1: Uh, you, you don't mean him, do you? Because, uh, like, he's not here.
0: I know, I know. But the world needs him. The team needs Adam. He's more human than I am. He lived in this world, fell in love, had a job... In spite of all that power, I, I,
1: I think we need him. Uh, can we call him? Mauricio, is this possible? Okay. Do we need a mother box? Do we need three mother boxes? <laughs> How many mother
3: boxes do we need, dammit? Do we need a box, mother? Box. <laughs> We're right. this box. Mauricio, Anyways.
1: Make the call. Let's get Galloway
3: on. Okay, three, two, one. Hello, Adam.
4: Not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. I've been practicing that all morning. You <laughs> got it. Hi, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How's everyone doing? It's
1: tired. We're exhausted after last night's viewing.
4: Oh, I can only imagine. Well, I, I don't have any details, so please share with me. Uh, how did how, how did you guys watch it? Did you break it up?
1: All right. Uh, we're going to recap what we just talked about.
3: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, we Perfect. didn't talk about how we watch it. No. Uh, we. I know. Okay. The, the movie is divided in how many parts? Six. Six. Six different Plus parts. An epilogue. Yeah, it's like a book, basically. And what we did is like we watch each of them. And every time a chapter was done, we would just take a break. Ten minutes, five minutes break to go to the bathroom, get some water, breathe, um, drink, and fly away. Losing the sky with diamonds with it. And then we keep watching the th- whole thing. So we took did, our time. Did it
0: all in one night, but with pauses.
3: We were done around 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m. or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, not fun.
4: <laughs> you guys didn't have any fun watching it. <laughs> There's a, there a lot of talking. A lot of talking throughout. Yeah.
1: There was a couple people who fell asleep. Um, the two that are not on this podcast right now. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Like the second half a lot more. I felt like the first four acts was just the original movie but extended. Uh, but I really liked the last half and how it kind of wrapped up before the epilogue
3: um also you have you saw the 2017 version in theaters or recently
4: uh recently i didn't watch it in the theater i watched it like the weekend before i watched the snyder cut nice.
0: and did it did it automatically like huge differences right away or now looking back at it overall does it kind of feel like uh, just a slightly
4: different version of basically the same movie uh, it is, I mean, essentially it is the same movie, but it's com- a completely different tone and I enjoyed it way more than I did. I was bored with, uh, the original theatrical, uh, yeah. cut Josh, Josh Whedon's cut, I guess. Uh, this I enjoyed a lot more. Hmm. So do you have
0: a list of things to talk about or how do you want to, uh, you can have, you can have some time on the floor if you want.
4: Yeah. I, like I was saying to Ryan, I don't have a lot of things to say. I just had a couple initial thoughts and I thought this is going to be. Uh, very uh, relevant, uh, you know, having just came come out. So I wanted to share a few things. Uh, I know I'm trying to... So I watched it in two big chunks. I watched the prologue in parts one to three. And then the next day I watched parts four to six and the epilogue. And I'm not a huge DCEU fan, I think. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to say I really did enjoy this for the most part. There were still a lot of things. A lot of it dragged But there were a lot of really good scenes that I liked and I like this tone better. I'm not a huge Snyder fan, but I do like Man of Steel. I don't love it. I liked it. I don't think it is like a piece of junk. And I like the concept of Batman v Superman, but I think it missed a lot. And, uh, I think I watched the ultimate cut, the three hour version. And then this, I really like. I thought though, these three movies go together very well and it's kind of like a little trilogy. So, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. So that's basically just in a nutshell what I liked. Did you just quickly, I know you guys have already talked, but can I just get quick, uh, Mauricio, Andrew, what you guys liked just quickly, like if you liked it or not,
0: just us, you don't want Ryan or Tanner.
4: I already already said my piece. Ryan already said it at the beginning. (laughs) Oh. Right. Just quick, just quick.
3: You first, Andrew. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Did I like it? Well, I didn't hate it, um, but no, I don't think it's an effective movie. No, I, I appreciate, as, mess, as incongruent and as sloppy as it is, I appreciate that what they tried to do with the theatrical movie or the theatrical release was make one story out of it, one streamlined intro story uh, that could be built upon with bigger, like they basically tried to make it more Marvel. Like, okay, we can't make the first justice league as big as Zack Snyder wanted it to be. It'll just be this sort of foot in the door movie and then we'll pick it up properly from here on out. So that was the right intention, but the wrong execution last movies last this Zack Snyder is the right execution and the wrong intention. I think so parts of it are interesting and we can get into the ending parts later. But no, I just have a problem fundamentally with the way they've set this whole thing up. I just don't think it's ever going to work properly because of the structure of the series of movies. So I'm sitting at like a 5.5 out of 10,
3: maybe a Ooh. 6. Oh, we're like putting rankings oh. in. There.
0: Well, I just, I don't know. That's Easy the best way it. to say if yeah. I
3: liked it or not. Uh, I, ha- I
4: have it rated, so that works. Okay. All
3: right. Uh, I think in my end, I, uh, I liked the first version as a comedy. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, I laughed a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, this one, uh, talking to someone who would watch at any time of his uh, of the day, the four hour and a half uh, director's of uh, Lord of the Rings, I think this four hour thing was too long. It felt forced. It felt uh, very. I don't know. I I couldn't I couldn't follow the whole thing and. I don't like Andrew said. I don't think it was an effective movie, and I don't think it's because of the movie per se, but because of the universe where that movie lives. So it was something that was meant to die before before even being born. It, it, they were trying to juggle with too many balls in the air, and this just thing just collapsed. And I, Interesting. I, I, I wished, I, I wished, like it was still. I, I, I feel bad saying it, but I honestly I do feel like one Snyder deserved uh, to you know, finish what he started because what happened to him is uh, it was awful. And I can tell this was also a way of not only ending as uh, a project, a cycle he had, but also an emotional connection he had with the movie uh, happening at the same time of the, his, uh, the tragic event that happened on his family. So I guess it was necessary for him to finish it. And I appreciate that from an internal, you know, a personal perspective. Like it wasn't a Snyder Cut for him and the fan. I think it was also like too close a cycle. That was very painful for him. Uh, even dedicated the movie to uh, his daughter and everything. Uh, but as a movie, yeah, I don't, I don't feel s- it holds. Will I watch it again? Definitely not. Unless it's on screen and someone's like, hey, you want to watch this absurd thing? I was like, all right, okay, not for four hours.
1: We're about to watch the black and white version now, though. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah, it plays backwards, too. What does
0: Tanner think? I think Tanner liked it the most. He, That's he's guess. also a, a DC boy.
2: Yeah,
4: I want to hear what Tanner has to say. Hi, Tanner.
2: I think it was the best movie ever made.
4: Oh, let's, just, let's just come
2: out, let's come out like that. It, it was Better the or worse than Into Darkness? <laughs> oh, man, now you're complicating things because that might have... Oh, I don't know. That's a whole topic. Uh, no, no, no. I, I definitely went into it with the most optimism, definitely. I, uh, there was a lot of grumbling going into it, but uh, I think the, my optimism going into it really got me through the first three acts because, yeah, they were... Holy, yeah, like, if I, didn't, if I didn't know, if I wasn't anticipating anything, yeah, there would have been some drop-off points, for sure, but... Uh,
1: Did the end deliver?
2: Yeah, I don't know, the problem with, like, the, the Zack Snyder's tone, which I really like, I love the Zack Snyder f- style, I, get, I think I'm probably the biggest Zack Snyder fan In the here. table. It, it, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, so these, the villains though, they're like very, very, very comic booky in their motives. Like, you know, dark side just wants things for his glory and like, he just wants to rule things. everything will be mine. yeah And they, they have this like really Why? gritty trying to be like over hyper real portrayal. And it's just like, well, no, not really. I mean, it's not a hyper real portrayal. It's still very like, you know, f- fantastical, but like, I don't know, like the grittiness, just kind of like do, like doesn't pair with this like like overly simplified villains and like they should have like like Thor Ragnarok if uh, would be like a style that I would apply to this if they're gonna go with this like really cartoony goofy almost. goofy yeah, yeah yeah make it a little not goofy as in like just just like like I don't know what I want out of it honestly <laughs> I, I that, that should kind of summarize my perspective I don't know what I want out of it but. I think you're facing
0: the same problem that Zack Snyder has making it. He's like, I want this to be dramatic and epic and real, but at the same time, you've got cartoon aliens being like, I want to rule the universe. Paper-thin villains.
4: Hey, don't
3: forget about the Nazis. There's Nazis in this movie. (laughs) There
4: was a nice swastika hung up in the background. So uh,
3: I just want to bring that up. If you're looking for an actual villain, there you go. Just to follow up on that, um, what do you
1: love about Snyder? Like, is it his visual style, like how he makes
3: scenes? Or like, like what do you, you talk, what do you attach to? Yeah, you talked last night about your experience watching 300 and things like that. in Oh the yeah, theaters? It,
2: it's totally just a cinematography thing or a visual style for sure. And just like the, like, like overly gratuitously epicness of it. And like, you know, there's no, I guess you could say Michael Bay is the other version of the, this. Or like, it's just... Epicness for the hell of epicness, but there's something about like St- Snyder's like almost like bronzy tone look of the whole thing that I just love, and this it started. Lomo's it started, yeah. It started with 300. I saw 300 in theaters. I saw it with my mom actually, because well, she heard lucky about, hair. Yeah, yeah, she heard about it from someone <laughs> from work, and she's like, "He said we got to check out this movie." So we went and saw 300, and I'm like, "That was weird, mom." Thank you. I love it. Now, very, very homoerotic. <laughs> <groups, laughs> <Yeah. yeah. laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, it's just his, like, electric style, and then, like, he, like, you know, he can, and and it can translate through, like, a variety of mediums, like, he's even filmed on a, on a cell phone before, and it's still, you can tell, it's Zack Snyder, it's just an instantly recognizable branded style that, like, you know you're watching Zack Snyder, and I think that's what I like about it, it's just a very defined
1: style.
3: No, I think his movies have a visual that it's very attractive, like, there were moments where, for example, the battles with Wonder Woman, I thought it were amazing. Every time she was on screen, the, the, we talk about her being super fast and stuff, but I think she stole the show on looking amazing. And yeah, I, I, I do feel he's a very good cinematographer and mm-hmm. a very good filmmaker, filmmaker who likes to experiment. The thing is, which is valid, happens. You think that because you can direct and make things look good, you might be good at storytelling, yeah. which is not the case. Yeah. And it's good if you try, but doesn't mean it's going to pay off. Not everybody can be a Tarantino who writes, like, phenomenal scripts and he knows exactly what he wants on screen. So it's, it's a weird balance, but I still appreciate what he does. I think as an action kind of director, it's very good.
2: Yeah, he definitely, Zack Snyder definitely storyboards before he writes the script. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. it was, yeah, yeah I think when it was
3: 300s right. that he, and uh, the same with uh, Watchmen, it was like uh, frame by frame what it was in the graphic novel. That's how he rep- made uh, 300 and many of his uh, films. So he's very careful and meticulous to actually follow what the fans saw. He wants to project it, which is pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome. But yeah, the storytelling, because even the way to write in some uh, uh, novels or comics, it's very childish, very basic. It's not as advanced writing. And still put that on screen. And when someone is saying it, delivering the line that you read on the comic, it doesn't sound good but I appreciate that he's like what you saw on paper you're going to have it on screen. It's a, it's a, it's a way. It's a style to do it. Especially superheroes. It's funny the whole concept of a superhero. It's funny.
4: What else you got, Adam? Uh I I okay, so there was a lot that was just said there. Um I think I'm closer to Tanner. I, I mean, Tanner and I mesh with some things and some things we don't. But I'm I think I'm in his camp on this one it sounds like. Uh My number one thing with this movie is I don't look at it as a traditional film. I think it's its own thing just with the events that transpired leading up to it. There's no way that this would have been released to the theater. I think that's why the studio panicked. I think he bit off more than he could chew and didn't... I mean, the whole thing's a mess. They had no idea what they were doing. But what bothered me with the Justice League cut that was released in 2017 was the fact that Zack Snyder got sole credit on it. It's not his film, and I think that's why I like the whole process of what happened with this coming back, just because, again, I know there was a tragedy involved and all this stuff, and they didn't know what they were doing, but they were so head over heels trying to deal with Marvel that they should have just focused on their own stuff, and I just watched this as its own thing, it's not a movie, it's four hours, the pacing and structure is totally off, But it was still in it was fun to see what was originally shot and what they actually axed. That like this was all filmed and the studio said, Nope, we're gonna reshoot a bunch of it and we're gonna add more stupid humor and make it more like Marvel. And it's like, why? They just ended up spending way more money. The first movie was a flop, and they're just out all this money, and then you've released this. It's like, well what like you had something here to work with. They just needed to I do believe they should have had a cyborg movie Before this because as we all learn with this cut, it's very heavy on his backstory and I'm not the first person to say this But I do believe there's about a three-hour cut of this. That's like really good I think you could easily trim an hour off of this and it would have been a really jam-packed Solid movie and there's a lot of good moments. What were your guys thoughts? I don't know if you already talked about it on flash in this uh, version Compared to the other one. Because I really like the Flash character. I thought his introduction scene was great. And I like that he played a huge part in the end. Uh, And it wasn't just Superman showing up. And just taking care of everything by himself. Like they still had to work as a team. And Flash really stepped up. And I'm glad they cut that stupid scene from the theatrical cut. Where he goes and saves like the Russians. And Superman helps him. And he moves the building and all that stuff. So I'm just curious what you guys thought about Flash
1: i really liked flash in this one as well um his intro scene was great but i did laugh at the hot dog part i couldn't help myself. yeah
4: it was a little dumb <laughs> but at least but it had a payoff though at least it was his yes. way of getting a. I mean i'll i'll, I'll buy it i'll take yeah, it yeah yeah when the
1: payoff came i'm like okay i get it so that is kind of funny uh yes, and very, also very I, I like how he wasn't scared like he was in the uh the sweden cut like oh he, 100%, he didn't need 100%. a pep talk from batman to like save people he just he did his job and he was more confident, and I really liked him. He was still a comic relief, but not as goofy, yeah, as goofy in, like, the first one. But, yeah, There was no brunch talk or anything. Like, that was great. Oh,
4: the brunch. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> glad that – oh, that's so stupid. And I'm sure when you guys were watching when that moment happened in the movie when uh, Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe narrate, when he's – like, I, I, I don't even care about these movies. I had full-on goosebumps. Like, that – I just love that moment when it calls back to Man of Steel. He gets the speech again. He gets the black suit. And then he flies. And I think Kevin Costner says, time to fly or fly now, son. Like, I love that shit. Like, I eat that shit right up. Uh, Yes, as as cheesy as it was, I love that because, like I said, I I didn't mind Man of Steel. And what I did find interesting about this cut is... This movie, like the really over-the-top action that you get at the end of Man of Steel and Batman and Superman, it's not that bad for Zack Snyder in this. Like, it's a no. little crazy, but it's not that bad.
0: No, it, like, was, it was quite tolerable, whereas yes. Man of Steel was like a migraine. This, this It was, was insane. This was much better. Yeah. The action was much...
4: They learned their mistakes from their mistakes. I for think. sure. I feel like this version just pumped it up to like average and fine. I don't think it's great. There are great moments, but I just bumped it up to like an average Marvel movie, I would say. Like, I'd watch this over like Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, i put it right up somewhere in there. It is too long. You definitely have to trim it down. Like I said, there's a three-hour version that's that would probably be really good. But, I, I mean, there was a lot of really good moments in this. I, I, I enjoyed a good chunk of it. I thought for its length, it was paced decent. It could have been very boring and dragged out. I wasn't too bored in this. Uh, and then I know we're going to talk about the the epilogue, so I don't want to get into that yet, but that's basically my overall thing. I give it a 7 out of 10. Nice.
1: I'm glad they released it the way they did, uh, as a four-hour like movie all at once, not like a six-part episode where you'd have to wait weekly, as I thought they were going to be doing, because I don't think anyone would have made it to the end if they did no. it that way. No one would tune I agree. in every week. So I think it was smart to release it all at once. Uh, but yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to watch like part five and six on its own. And I just want to watch a lot of that action scenes again. So that's what I'm going to take away from it, is a good hour at the end.
0: Think of how much more exciting it would have been had Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman had their own movies first. Oh, it would have been been incredible. This movie wouldn't have had to waste so much time setting them up. And had you just been able to be like, we already know we're already invested in these characters and now here they all are fighting together that yeah. i agree with adam that there's a, a the best version of this of these movies don't don't exist yet no still somewhere at least the weed, weed Snyder, weed Weeder cut.
4: <laughs>
3: Make the weed legal, whatever.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think you need a flash movie. I think a cyborg movie. Put Aquaman before this, then you have Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman. That probably would have been pretty good. And then release it after Endgame. The fact that they tried to rush it and release it before Infinity War and Endgame was just stupid. Like it should be, it should have been released now, like this, like right now. It was just dumb. That you could tell they were really nervous and they were. They didn't know what to do, so they just rushed everything. Like, the fact that everyone was introduced in this movie is ridiculous. As good as it is. Like, I, like as a whole, Andrew, what were your thoughts on Cyborg's backstory? And what's his name from uh, Terminator 2? Dyson? Oh, yeah. Basically playing the same guy he played in <laughs> Terminator 2. Um,
0: I, like, fine. I don't know. what What's, what's there? What's there? Dad, uh, absentee father who then resurrects his son like I I don't know I don't know anything about him uh, like uh, Victor Stone other than that he was a good foot he was an athlete who then had an accident which I feel like we've seen in like every
1: sports
0: movie or or, that's not (laughs) that's not entirely original that part of it so I don't know I don't think there's enough meat there I think they could have I do think I think they could flesh that out into a movie for sure both flash and like I don't know what the hell was going on with Flash and his dad's in prison and his dad, I don't know why yeah, his dad's in prison and his he, he dad wants moms. him to be a lawyer, or doesn't want him to be a lawyer. I, I, I never followed that <laughs> at all. So that to me was nothing. Like I would have cut that out of the movie simply because it, I don't know what it meant or what it meant for the Flash as a character, how that ties into his big moment at the end where he's like going back in time or whatever. So uh, I know you asked about Cyborg. Yeah, I think that could have been a good Cyborg movie out there a father and son story or what have you and I, I don't know yeah. I don't know
3: and even if it wasn't but I, because I don't think cyber would move uh, uh, too much audience even if it wasn't a successful movie and you know, mo- uh, money makes everything it would have been a good movie to set up for this movie and we don't because I think most of the movies cyborgs uh background more than nah, flash, a good, a good chunk of it was more than anybody else. Because I,
0: I think there's a great story there, I and mean, it doesn't have like, to be a big 100%. superhero blockbuster. It could no. have just been like almost a drama. It's just a setup like sci-fi drama about family and yeah. his back. Like there was something about the 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 mom was at the school talking to the principal. Like what the heck was that? I don't. What was the point of that scene? I don't remember what we were supposed to take. Something away from that, that
3: he was doing bad because uh, he was helping a, another. Person, and I don't know, it was very confusing. It just showing that the mom was there for him no matter what.
0: I think it's pretty thin, and uh, they had whole big scenes there to just talk about something really thin. Like that whole scene was shot just to show that Victor Stone was like a selfless guy who helps out other people. There's a lot, there's way more efficient ways of doing that, I think, if you're not trying to cram it into a, a four hour movie, an already overbloated movie.
3: Yeah.
1: I really liked it when they wrapped it up. Uh, I was totally satisfied, but then they just kept going. And so I Ugh. think it's time to talk about the epilogue and all the extra fan service that uh, Zack Snyder tried to throw in there. And uh, I guess they're trying to set up for the Snyderverse again, the Justice League 2, 3. Thoughts on the epilogue?
4: Did anyone get like a Return to the King vibe at the end of no, this movie?
1: No,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody did. Like, oh, um, my God. This. And... Take your take a step endings. back. No, don't. You're sinning. <laughs> How dare you?
4: I'm sorry, I'm not Mauricio. No, I'm, I'm not gonna go forgive them. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 hated it. I thought it. I, I think they should. Like, There's only one carryover uh, post-credit scene, right? The one with Lex Luthor and whatever his name is, Death, yeah. Deathstroke or whatever. That's right. It, it, sh- it should have just been a. They should have just had one post-credit scene. The scene with the Joker was. I, I, again, I, I don't know anything about the comics and anything about this universe. I don't know what, who's, why are they alive, who's dead, super, I, I don't, and whatever. And then I forget what the third one was. Oh, no, when ba- when Br- Ben Affleck, who clearly has lost a bunch of weight, goes outside and that other guy comes out. Like, the movie was, I, I mean, the movie was over and I'm just like, ugh, like, th- like, this is just dragging so, like, it was so good. The montage, and I think The Flash is narrating the ending, um, uh, the, during the ending montage I believe I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong and then it ends on Superman with his black suit and he walks in the camera that's your ending that was perfect that was great
0: well it just I think it ties back to what I already said Adam before you got on about how this movie isn't one cohesive story it's a collection of different things going on and I think the epilogue points to that where I think at the again Zack Snyder had shot a lot
4: of this stuff yeah. not all of it but I think some of it was shot for this I don't know exactly the Joker scene was. That's, I think that was the only scene they shot, and then the Ban Affleck won at his place with the guy.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is all stuff that was written or they wanted to include, and they had no idea where, right? They're like, I don't know where, because none of it fits into the plot <laughs> of any of it. So they just literally were like, here are all the extra scenes we have. Yep. Let's just tack them all on at the end as if... And and that sort, of spe- that sort of speaks, I think, to me, to Zack Snyder's style in general. Like, I've got all these stories I've got all these scenes I've got all these snippets instead of crafting them and weaving them together into a flow I'm just going to throw them all here and I'm just going to jam them all in together and call it a movie Um, it's like tossing a bunch of stuff into a blender and being like here's a drink like it doesn't always work these things don't always complement each other and so I think that's what we got it was literally just like here's the extra scenes you guys want to see them we know you want to see them So here they are. They're totally out of context. Just enjoy them for what they are. And I think what the real shame is, and I'll toss it over to somebody else, is what they're leading up to, this whole nightmare sequence, uh, K-N-I-G-H-T-mare sequence, is uh, is the most exciting and interesting thing this universe has going for it, and we may never see it. And (laughs) throughout this movie... One of us was almost always talking. There was, there was like, like we were kind of half paying attention to a lot of this movie, but the nightmare sequence with the Joker and Batman at the end, we were all quiet. And that tells me like, that's when we were the most invested in this scene that we have no idea its context or what it's supposed to be. We know this big thing is coming in the future and uh, they, but they, but he just, again, doesn't know how to properly set it up or introduce it. So we're just getting snippets of it that, that I, I don't know why, <laughs> you know, why are we getting them now? Yep. So it's just a structural thing. This whole thing needs to be taken back to, like, grassroots and rebuilt up,
3: I think. Yeah, and on that note, I hate Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I think it's weak, but I'm not, it doesn't matter. He's not even the main thing here. Do you like I'm him a- better in this than in Suicide Squad? It's just the framing was the problem for me. Suicide Squad, I don't like the movie in general. I think I get more of him, and I understand why he's more of a psychopath kind mm-hmm. of creature. This one, because maybe I was exhausted after four hours, and I was like, how many endings does this have? And I'm not going to d- deny it. Throughout the film, we were bringing up when is the Joker coming out? Like, even like a, you know, the irony, as a joke, we would say, like, now is when he popped up. Oh, he, he kills Steppenwolf. Where is it coming up?" Kept then, waiting for the Joker. Yeah. And Where, then, where's the bloody Joker? Why? I don't know why, but that's because everybody was talking about that. And then finally it comes up, and I'm like, I want this to be over. I don't care. Yeah, it was the most uh, catching of all the moments, but it was like, I, no, I don't resonate with this guy. I didn't even feel I was looking at the Joker. It just felt like an extra crazy guy who was in the scene. Um, probably because I haven't had uh, enough taste of the Jared Leto's Joker, but I wasn't having it. It, was, it, it didn't work for me. That's it. I don't know. Maybe a movie with more of him. I would be like, okay, sure. But no, bad taste in my mouth with him. Not a fan. So
4: question then, because uh, Dodd, you mentioned that you like that dream sequence. Who do you think more to blame? Are you putting all the blame on Zack Snyder or is most of the blame directed towards the producers and who's trying to build this this universe? Because I think Snyder has a good vision. I just think he needs a little bit of help with with either the script or whatever cuz there's like that's right out of Batman v Superman right the whole there's a big dream sequence in that movie that kind of set this whole He's thing up I like the, it too the and stuff. I I love it I think it's great I think Snyder could be the right man for the job I just think he needs a better he needs more leadership that's yeah. what Marvel had Marvel had good filmmakers but yeah. Kevin Feige was in charge and he was pulling all the strings and made ev- everything go in a good direction They need
1: time
0: they need to allow for time. They have so many good ideas, and like I said, building up to this this post apocalyptic world on Earth. Like obviously, Dark Side takes over. Obviously, Lois dies, and Superman turns bad, and we get this sort of Mad Max Batman and
3: Robin hints uh, here. There was a Robin hints uh, like right the history of
0: right and that that history Wonderboy. of Batman and the Joker that's already happened. By the time we're introduced to Batman and Batman v Superman, Robin's already dead. The Joker's already killed him. I want to see that. Let's see that story. So again, it's, I think that I love that concept of this future desert wasteland on earth. And those who are around alive still have to like team to ban including the Joker, like Batman and Joker have to team up in order to fight this bigger evil. That's a great idea, but it needs to be fully fleshed out. It's like, any great show you're you know whatever like breaking bad for example what i'm watching like it needs oh eats- he set up <laughs> <laughs> shit what have i done <laughs> trigger trigger i mean uh, golden girls no uh, uh, <laughs> it uh, they just need time they they should have been like we'll give this 15 years to breathe and and like marvel i think eventually came into that like we know we're just going to keep doing this forever and we'll plan for something. And who knows, it could go wrong between now and then. But let's just hope we can execute this 10-year plan or five, whatever at that point. So that's what this universe needs. Give us time. Space this out. It's a good idea for them. They know they've got all this material for years to come. That's what they want. Give us, give us each, each of these characters a movie and build up to this big futuristic idea you have. There's tons of material there to mine from. I don't know why they felt the need to rush this. As like, are the rights to the characters about to expire? I don't know why they they felt like they needed to. It hurry was just, up. What are they going to do next? If they no. hurry up and get it all out. Where are they going to be? What are we going to get after that Martian Manhunter movie? Boom. No one knows who that uh, is. Yeah, Martian
3: Manhunter Vision. Uh, one Uh I think. Uh, well, at, at the end, the fact is that money is louder than fans. Money is louder than a vision of an artist, of a director, of a scriptwriter, and they were fighting the war of money to have the best franchise on screen at the same time. It's a competition, it's a thing of ego. And then you have DC, Marvel, just taking control of everything. And DC was like, I want a piece of the cake. I want to fight. Right I want now. It right now. I need it right now. And I want what they have. And what they did is like they make the dough and they put the pizza in the oven, but they forgot the cheese, the veggies, and everything. So they, that was outside the oven. And at the end, they took out the thing. It's like, oh great, you made bread. And Marvel is making <laughs> frinky Panzerotti's pizzas, uh, lasagna, just like up in the just tossing air. The air. And it's and like it's and okay if it uh, flops. We have more of that from that came from. So if they were actually planning the whole menu they were preparing, whereas DC was like. I, just, I don't know, I just get it out of the freezer and throw it there. So it was it was desperate. And I think money, it's just too loud when it comes to a big franchise. And it's so loud that people cannot hear, you know, the logic of where the, this thing is going. They can't hear the building falling apart. Um, that was the main thing. I don't even think it's a Snyder fault or a, or even like uh, the, the lack of writer, which is necessary for sure. It's just production companies fighting like kids to take control over each universe that's basically what it is yes
4: yeah, as, as much as i liked it and enjoyed a good chunk of it I, I i left more disappointed than satisfied because the same thing that andrew just said there's so much potential with this if this movie would have came out now and you had a better build up and you had you got to explore more of these worlds it would be great It's it's pure disappointment because there is potential there i've seen it like I said, I, I've, I haven't, I don't hate any of these movies. There's just, even Aquaman was fine. It's just, they need, you know, Andrew said it best. They need time and they just, but I also, Marisa was right too, where money speaks volumes and they panicked. I think that's the best way to put it. They totally panicked because Marvel was ripping up the box office and they just pushed everything out and they didn't care. Cause I, and I like Ben Affleck as Batman. Like I think the casting's pretty good, pretty solid. So that's all I really, I mean, I, I liked it seven out of 10, but I was very disappointed when I walked. I said, "Was the first thing I said to Jamie, I'm like, oh, like this could have been even better. This could have been, this could have been awesome. Tanner, what was your favorite moment? Um, favorite moment. Did uh, you like the Joker? Did you like that whole bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. like just the
2: surrounding, the setting is interesting, but yeah, it did, like, obviously it seems very fan servicey. Um, yeah, it's just, we're not going to see it. So like, I, I, and I've already read headlines before reading this or before watching this that like, we're not getting Snyderverse, Like it's, but who knows? Like what they got running for it is all the press and all the stuff that goes along with this. So any decision, they can, they can contradict themselves and we'll still go, we'll still see it. But I don't know. I'm right now thinking that we're not going to get it. So it's just like, what, what, why, why am I seeing this?
0: What about, what about over streaming? Right? Like if that, maybe that's the new thing, like Disney's putting a ton of uh, attention into star Wars TV shows, marvel tv shows and i think something episodic is uh, is what's going to work best for comic books like that that's when you can take the time to explore all these different angles so i'm like dc if you don't know what you're doing if warners and dc don't know what you're doing with these characters go to streaming introduce us an hbo max thing and have these beach tv shows if you don't want to make a cyborg movie give us a cyborg tv show like what they're doing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like those guys can't hold a movie up on their own, but we're happy to watch. We, by the way, we have got to watch this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's that's man, that's the platform, right? Comics are episodic. Comics come out every week, and they have the time to build and build and build. I say, I say, move this whole universe onto uh, streaming,
3: and you, you make, make more money.
0: Make more money, and you got the time.
1: Yeah, it'd be great if they had, like, some sort of little series to set up a movie that was all about the nightmare scene. Oh, yeah. So I think that's the way they should go. Uh, Yeah, I'm in agreement with everyone. It was definitely the most exciting part. I'm glad that they're sprinkling it in there. Like, when Cyborg had that vision of everyone dying, I Mm. absolutely loved that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it was there in the epilogue in some respect, but I just don't think it was... It was before the epilogue. Uh, Yes, yes, but uh, just... The whole Joker part oh, oh, in God, the God, epilogue. God, okay. Sorry, sir. I felt like that was just tacked on. It, it was the right spot for it because it didn't mesh with anything that was going on, but I know, that's what they're banking on. They're banking on that to Could that have been push. in the beginning?
0: Could Bruce Wayne that- have had that nightmare way earlier which pushes him to, like, Tony Stark's uh, end of the world vision in yeah. Age of Ultron? Like, have it kickstart Bruce's motives to be like, we gotta do something. He this- would explain so much. I keep having and these And then the alien maybe
3: explain him what is going on. Yeah, the, the alien, the, the, the <laughs> wacky webbing, flailing, playing too, man. Whatever his name is. Um, that would Martian Manhunter, Mauricio. Oh yeah, sorry. It's very could, important, I guess. One day I'll learn.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Uh, we this has been an exhausting podcast. It's been an exhausting viewing session that we've had. Uh, how long have we been recording this? Four hours, just as long as the movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Please. Uh, Thank you very much, Galloway, for joining us. Uh, We are finally, for the first time ever, being united with Tanner, finally joining us for a podcast. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my man. (laughs) Well put. Thank you. Well said. Uh, If anyone has anything else to say, say it now. Otherwise, I think it's
3: time to wrap it up. I just wanted to say thank you, Adam, and uh, future happy birthday, Ryan. We love you. And, and that is now in the past. That is now in the future past.
1: Future
4: the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird how that works. <laughs> All right,
1: Mauricio.
3: Hit the roll where you tell us where to listen to this. I will. All right, everybody. Remember, you can find us in different... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, yeah. just play the pre-recorded All right, one. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. HBO Plus, Netflix, Disney Plus. No, I wish. Ah. No, we're going to be in the same place. Spotify, um, uh, iTunes uh, Podcast, uh, Anchor. And we also have a Facebook thing. And we have Instagram. And I'm exhausted. This. You don't need to know. You're already listening to us. You don't yeah. Know how how do you find this? Are you crazy? Hashtag release the viewers cut. Viewers <laughs> cut. <laughs> Beautiful. Anyway, thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Mwah, mwah.
0: Hey, so unique movie watching traditions, I know I've got a couple. Every year around Easter I try and watch two movies. One, Cecil B. DeMille's 1956 epic, The Ten Commandments, which by the way this year turns 65. And two, Steven Spielberg's 1981 action-adventure masterpiece Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, by the way, this year turns 40. Why those two movies? Well, I guess it's been a long-standing tradition that the American Broadcasting Corporation air the Ten Commandments on network television every year around Easter, probably more akin to its connection to Passover than to Easter. And as a kid, for an Easter present one year, I got a video game which was more exciting than my usual chocolate. It was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine for N64. It sort of rejuvenated my interest in the franchise, and I've associated that movie with Easter ever since. But we here at The Viewer's Cut want to know, what about you guys? You know, other than holiday movies, are there movies you will only watch at certain times of the year or under specific circumstances? Tell us all about it on Instagram or Facebook at The Viewer's Cut. So let it be written, so let it be done.